Yeah, that was a great clap. Thank, Thank you, guys. Clap. Cool. Is that our section podcast of the week? Podcast. How good is it? Cat's it. Pod. Clap. Clapple in the sky? No. Try. Waiting for clap. Waiting for clap. There you go. Cool. Welcome to Waiting for Catbus, a nonsense podcast where four friends gather around a kitchen table and review every single Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, this is the first episode, um, so I'm Ali, your host. Uh, I'm going to introduce everyone around the table, starting with Eddie on my left. Hi, I'm Eddie on Ali's left. <laughs> and I'm sitting in front of Eddie, my name's Mark. I'm sitting adjacent to Mark, and my name's Abby. <laughs> there you go. There's everyone's geographical positions, <laughs> in case you ever need to do orienteering. For this audio um, medium. Yeah. <laughs> and for completeness sake, Ali is sat opposite Abby. There you go. Um, so this is the first episode of a new podcast. Um, we wanted to do podcasts as a group for ages. We all love Shooter Ghibli movies. Um, it seemed like uh, a natural kind of first thing to do. Um the first movie that we're reviewing, the first movie ever made by Studio Ghibli, uh, is Castle in the Sky, or Laputa Castle in the Sky, if Laputa. you're uh, in Europe slash the UK and Northern Ireland, I think. Um, everywhere else it was just called Castle in the Sky. I'm not really sure why that rhymed. Well, it was um, in Spanish, I think. Mm. Laputa means the whore. Yeah. Oh. So they had to change oh. the name to Castle uh, in the Sky. They didn't Laputa. know until the Laputa. end. Laputa. Yeah. Ah. Miyazaki finished shooting everything and then they were like oh by the way here's a fun fact about the words you used did you say when Miyazaki finished shooting (laughs) 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 he he packed the camera up (laughs) (laughs) they put the castle back on the ground (laughs) got rid of their paints (laughs) Um, so we're going to kick off with just like some kind of crib notes facts about Castle in the Sky um, just to kind of get us off the ground did you want to do a history of Ghibli. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Um, so, starting with me, I guess, um, kind of here's our history with Studio Ghibli movies. It's not really what I want to say. Um, so I guess I, like 10, 15 years ago, um, watched uh, Spirited Away for the first time and was like, I think like everyone at that point, just like completely blown away by that movie, um, by the style and characters and everything about it was like, pretty magical and then I fell down a rabbit hole um, back when Netflix was like DVDs that you ordered um, I right. ordered love love, and maybe yeah. even Love Film yeah, yeah. Film. I just love ordered film. like one after the other one every two weeks um, and then like retroactively went back and watched the ones I missed um, but like that was a good few years ago so it's been nice certainly for, for Laputa which is not maybe I've, maybe I've not seen in ages and ages to like go back Eddie what about you so um, can I ask you something first yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you've seen all of them yeah, I think... Well, like, I've seen all of them up to um, The Wind Rises, okay. which was the one that came out, like, five or six years ago. So yeah. there's a couple that I missed. Um, I, don't, I haven't seen um, the one about the little squid girl. Oh, right. Uh, Ponyo? Deep, deep cut. Oh, Ponyo. yeah. Okay. I haven't seen Ponyo. Um, um, okay. Well, I've seen, like, six or seven of them. Uh, same as you, like, the Gateway uh, Ghibli movie of Spirited Away, and then, like carried on through there like just watching them over uni yeah so I like went back and I sort of watched the good ones and I think I've mostly watched the I'm doing air quotes (laughs) (laughs) the like ones for adults like more aimed at adults because obviously like there's more kid friendly ones yeah yeah, so I think that's like one of the cool things about um, Ghibli movies like it's very it's like the Pixar style of film right Mm. where they like they're definitely made for both Mm -hmm. um, both kind of sets of audiences adults and kids yeah visually um, it's for kids but thematically it's like an adult sort of film yeah definitely mm. um, I think there's some that are 
are definitely more kid oriented. Yeah, I mean, we started with Lapita. Um, the next one we watch, jumping ahead, is going to go for the Fireflies. Spoilers! <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not a kids movie. Um, Mark, what about you? Well, I think let's go to Abby first because I've probably seen the least okay. of these films. Um, I suppose. I first got into Ghibli films when film four always do their like studio Ghibli season. Oh yeah, yeah. Probably That's over it. like a college holiday or something like that, where I was like, well, what's on? Um, and then a couple of years later, I ended up writing my undergrad dissertation on studio Ghibli. So it's safe to say that I got pretty into it. <laughs> yeah, um, just then, a bit. Just a bit. But I haven't seen all of them. Um, kind of like Ed, I like picked and choose chose the ones for Pokemon's adults um, yeah so it's going to be exciting to go back and watch all the ones yeah. that I haven't watched I think um, just to jump ahead I think like there was definitely that, that period where Film 4 which mm-hmm. is a, a British film only TV channel um, owned by Channel 4 if you don't know what Film 4 is um, and now a production house I guess that makes all sorts of yeah. indie movies mm-hmm. um, there was definitely a point where they I felt like they aired um House Moving Castle so much like every week House is on and I think it's one like House is probably the movie that because it's one because it's an uh, because it's an adaptation and because it was aired so frequently it's definitely the movie that like and because it's fantastic Mm -hmm. it's a movie that like lots and lots of people have seen whether they're anime fans or Ghibli fans or not yeah yeah um in the complete opposite end of the spectrum I've seen one Studio Ghibli film, and that's the one that we watched for this podcast. <laughs> so I fell in love with Studio Ghibli. <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> I fell in love with Studio Ghibli two days ago when I watched Laputa Castle in the Sky. You nailed it, you got the name right. I got the name right. I feel like we had a week of you being like, La Plupla. <laughs> yeah, La Plupla. Uh, yeah, I've been practicing. Yeah, I have been practicing. Um, obviously, I was aware of Studio Ghibli growing up, and I seen loads of things about Spirited Away and Housewoman Castle, and I did even try to read Housewoman Castle once or twice, but I only got as far as like ten pages in, even though I really wanted to complete it. But that was just the sort of kid I was. I'd start a book and never finish it. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my experience with Studio Ghibli. So I'm excited to see what is in store. Cool. Um, kind of like the rough structure of the podcast as it stands right now at the beginning of episode one um, is that just for kind of like um, consistency I think we're going to try and break it down by uh, character theme animation and music I think there are definitely movies where different portions of those are going to be much more important than others like I don't think um, maybe I'm wrong but I don't think for Castle in the Sky we'll spend ages and ages talking about the music because there really is just that like one core theme Mm -hmm. Um, and then at the end of the the podcast I think we'll attempt to rank slash rate them obviously can't really do that with this first episode, this first one, because well, I, think it's going to be the best. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's safe to say it'll be top, it'll be top <laughs> of the list um, and the bottom of the list. Oh wow, that's deep. It's rubbish. Deep. Um, um, so yeah, I guess we'll just like jump straight into it. Um, maybe we can do like general overview thoughts. Did people like the movie? Did they not like the movie? And then we'll jump into, as I say, animation, character, themes. And end with music. I think it'll be short of it. So, did, did we like? Did we like the movie? Yeah, definitely. From someone who's never seen any Studio Ghibli before, I was kind of taken away by it. Um, and that's mainly because I've just been growing up on Disney films and DreamWorks. So it was nice just seeing something that was quite familiar, but also something that was very, very different at the same time, which was quite nice. Yeah, that was my sort of hot take on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the hottest take so, so far. So hot. <laughs> so, um, Abby. Yeah, I liked it. Um, coming from someone who does know a fair bit it like hit all those kind of main points that obviously um Miyazaki develops on as he goes and then also um having seen stuff like um Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind which is obviously a little bit pre-Studio Ghibli but um obviously kind of like built very much on top of those themes and yeah it was it was an enjoyable watch I mean I did fall asleep, but that was more of a <laughs> <laughs> more me being tired. Than That's a not uncommon. Film. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> well, at least, well, at least you're you're honest. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's worth mentioning uh, that we've jumped straight into the films with Castle in the Sky. We've kind of skipped Norseka, um not because. I don't like it. I think it's a great movie, but I think just for like consistency, it's quite nice to just bookend it with mm-hmm. just Ghibli produced movies. Um, Norseka Valley of the Wind was a movie that uh, Miyazaki and Takahata made. Uh, two years before um, Class in the Sky 
So yeah, this movie came out late 80s, was it? Oh uh, yeah, 86, and then North Coast 84. Um, you knew that? I know, just off the top of my head. Through the power of editing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, so that's like a movie that we're not going, but as Abby said, maybe do a little bonus episode. Um, Eddie, did you like the movie? Did you not like the movie? Did you hate it? I really liked it. Like, it's, it's, it's strange to compare it to nothing so far, like, if mm. we're doing, like, a ranking. I keep on doing air quotes. <laughs> um, I didn't think I'd seen it until we started watching it, and I had already seen it before. Um, so I think that's probably going to happen with a few other films. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's great. It's, as Abby said, like, quintessentially Ghibli. Um, we're going to come across a lot of these sort of themes over and over again. Spoilers, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It's just, it's so weird to think about, like, not weird, it's 1986, it's not that long ago. It's before we were all born, but it's not like Snow White 50s. Or yeah, like, yeah, 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 definitely. So it's still, but it's it holds up so well. Like, you wouldn't yeah. be able to tell, like, this is before any Pixar films yeah, or anything. Yeah, like, it's like 32 years old. Yeah. yeah. Like, it is really impressive. Yeah. I think, like, as we watch these, we're not going to notice a difference in animation <laughs> that much. Like... The newer yeah. ones are, are better, but like the in comparison to other, like I, I think feel like we might compare to Disney quite a lot because yeah. they're quite yeah. there's a lot of parallels, but compared to their like golden age, mm. yeah. yeah, definitely. But I suppose one of those things is that Disney changed their like production techniques, yeah, very starkly as technology changed, yeah. whereas Ghibli tried to keep it kind of very traditional, very much using different boards and copying over the top mm, mm. and also because school. because they haven't really been as around as long as Disney they've not probably had to go through as many dramatic changes as the yeah. studio has because audiences probably have changed but not as drastically as they would have done since when people were watching Snow White sure sure True. sure so um, they haven't had their sort of dark period if I'm sort of taking a hot take yeah <laughs> um, stop saying hot take sorry I so yeah I, I think you're totally right I think there's so much like um let's say proto Ghibli um, in this in terms of like there's a magical girl and there's the themes are very on point there's yeah. there's a lot in here that like you will see again and again and again the um, machines and that yeah, yeah. And, and that said and I think you made an interesting point about the animation as well like which we'll get to I so we watched it it's probably worth saying we watched it on Blu-ray um, oh. and we watched a uh, dubbed version um which I think we're going to continue to do just for consistency um, it was it's crazy so when I first watched this movie like 10 years ago I must have been watching it on like watch cartoons online or some like mm-hmm. some second website which gave me like definitely like a standard definition very like low kind of low quality mm-hmm. watching this now in like super crisp HD was crazy like mm-hmm. the quality is so so like it totally stands up like you say although I do think there's pieces like there are definitely like simple kind of things that are simplified at scale here which when we go to like restaurant scenes in Spirited Away or um some of that, even in Mononoke, like the scale at which they can do, in the, and then, then kind of zoom in on the details is definitely different. Yeah. Like um, the amount they can put on screen yeah. at any one time. Yeah. Um, it's not my favourite of these movies. I think I'll get that out just now. All the ones we've watched. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, do, I definitely like it. Um, I think it has a really weird beginning. I think the pacing is like super wild at the start. I think it finds its footing in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great movie and it's got some beautiful moments and. Mm. lots to talk about and dig into I think yeah I think what's really amazing about it is that it doesn't feel like the first film for a studio yeah. at all yeah. like yeah. even like Toy Story feels like they're practicing and like yeah. learning about like you can sort of see that quality yeah. whereas this just feels like oh the studio's been working mm-hmm. as like a well-oiled machine mm-hmm. for years yeah and even even the way um, like Toy Story starts is very slow like we're not going to introduce the fact that these toys speak which is the USB not just for Toy Story but it's kind of the whole thing for Pixar anyway like mm. take something and make it extraordinary with this it is very much like we're going to drop you straight in this fact that we've got like yeah yeah got, extremely so yeah we've got this like huge spacecraft with a girl who's got a magical crystal and yeah. pirates after her like that's all you need to know yeah it, it jumps how, how do people like did people because I for, honestly for me like when we were watching it I, I was like I'd forgotten that this movie is literally like balls to the wall for the first like 45 mm-hmm. minutes where it's just yeah. like they're on the ship and she falls out and then in the mining town and da 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 like hits it at such a hard level which kind of for me was a bit like ugh like, I forgot mm-hmm. that there, there's, like, no downtime in the first, like... Um, and it's also worth saying, this movie's, like, two hours, 15 minutes, so which long. I was really surprised by. Like, it's much longer than I remember it being. 
Um, it's long for an animated film. Yeah, that's how yeah. It, and it, I think it kind of feels like it. Mm. It feels like, um, to me anyway, it felt like there was like, there's definitely two distinct halves. There's the half yeah. up until, um, essentially until like, uh, Sheeta and Patsu are on the uh, ship with Nola and the pirates. Mm. And then Dola? Nola? Dola. 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 On the ship with Dola and the pirates. And then there's like the half after that when they, they see Laputa and they kind of like yeah. go on that yeah. half of the adventure. Um, it's not traditional like, no, not film, not at it? all. Yeah. It's it's almost like split entirely in two halves. The beginning mm. is almost like um, we're starting a new episode of an animated TV show. Yeah, yeah and you always almost yeah. wonder like, what have I missed? Yeah, Where's yeah, the yeah. fifteen minutes beforehand that I was meant to watch yeah. before? Yeah. Like the villain isn't introduced until gone halfway, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Mark Hamill guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, don't. Yeah. Um, you don't know. You hear his name, I think, but yeah. like. Mushka, Mushka. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. You don't see, like, we see him in that opening scene yeah, yeah, yeah. where he, like, but we're not really told what's going on in that moment, right? We can kind yeah. of tell, like, apart he's dead. Apart from the fact he gets knocked out and you're like, oh, he's probably the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. This girl that, is very pure. Isn't that the guy in the black suit, though? I think that's a different guy, which is oh, yeah, probably an indication that maybe oh. the villain in this movie isn't the best because you can't, like, I personally yeah. don't remember whether yeah, he was in the first part. half at all. Yeah, I think the only thing I remember is you going on about. Um, how big his forehead was yeah he has such a big forehead so there's definitely so we'll collect let's go straight into characters because I think we're just talking around it now yeah, um, characters I <laughs> as and use Muska's like weird head and hair as a starting point um, it's funny like to talk about like oh the animation style changes over time there are some some like trademark bits in this early Ghibli movie that are so like 80s anime like the giant foreheads and the very like round faces and yeah. like his weird big his weird big hair, which now I think about it, kind of looks like Mark Hamill's hair. And like, now yeah. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. maybe that's why they cast Mark Hamill. I was um, thinking that as we were watching it. Like, he kind of looks like Mark Hamill, but you know it's like not intentional yeah. at all, but yeah. Yeah, I, like, I think you're right. I don't think he's a particularly strong villain um, at all, considering how much characterization um, Dola and the pirates get. And, like, yeah. I yeah. love those characters, like, immediately yeah. um, fall in love with Dola as soon as we see her. Mm. Although I do think he does a really good voice because I went the whole movie without realising it was Mark Hamill. Like, I knew Mark Hamill was in the movie, but I didn't think, oh, that was Mark Hamill. Yeah. It was, yeah, I was a surprise to find out it was him. He's... I thought he might have played, like, the uncle in the mines. Yeah. He's just a great voice actor. Yeah. Like, that's what he's good at. Because he's famous for being the Joker in the animated Batman yeah. series, isn't yeah. he? So. You can hear a little twang of that. Abby. <laughs> Abby's brought a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to refresh my mind. Yeah, he has that big head. He doesn't but like, you can't head. really tell until you start to think about what's behind that fringe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you realise there's a bit of forehead under that fringe. <laughs> Bonus forehead. Bonus forehead, yeah, exactly. Um, do we think... So, like, it's, it's interesting because I think it's a good point to jump off. Like, we're, the movie opens with... Um, Sheeta, this young girl, she's in the airship. We kind of, I think, see the glow and crystal necklace. Um, Dola and the pirates attack the airship. We kind of always introduce to them as villains first, yeah, and yeah. then Which her, is actually quite clever. Yeah, her bodyguards slash police yeah. slash whoever they are, kind of like are freaking out oh, when she yeah. when she falls out the window. She bottles him. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah she yeah. does. She knocks him over the head with a glass bottle oh, yeah. and then we never see that sort of behaviour ever the, again the ship like a window of a blimp thinks this yeah, is a great yeah. way for me to escape this yeah, yeah. it's weird what? that she so then yeah she jumps out the window of the ship the crystal kind of starts to glow um, and she like floats down to earth very gently can I just make a confession um, when I first started watching the movie I thought that the airship was Laputa Castle in the Sky <laughs> <laughs> like it's much smaller than a castle yeah exactly like, this does it's not weird, look like but... a castle um, but it's weird that I mean it's not that weird but it's weird that like yeah she makes that leap presumably because she knows that this crystal which we're not really sure what it is will save her and then when she lands um, and we're introduced to that good good boy Patsy um, and he's he's like oh like you float down to earth because the crystal and she's all confused about it yeah so I don't think she actually knows no I think she's just a bit stupid you just let her out the window yeah exactly like, like rock in a hard place like am I going to get captured by these pirates these people that have as we then know kidnapped me yeah yeah anyway. yeah I'll have to escape from them. I'll jump out of this blimp. Yeah. Sure. Is it's that actually like quite a dark concept then that she potentially was like, this is not worth any of this. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. She, I think, do, do we think that like, um, I think we'll come back to talking about Dola and the Pirates because I literally am obsessed with them. <laughs> I like Dola's, the whole episode on them. Dola's giant pink pigtails and everything about them are so, so good. She's great. Yeah. 
Um, oh, does she have pink pigtails as well? She has a giant pigtails. Pink, pink which pink so does um, Sheeta. Yeah, and then yeah. that's why later in the movie when she gets them chopped off, spoiler alert, uh, Dola's like, <laughs> don't <laughs> let anyone ever chop chop your pigtails off. It's, no, it's because <laughs> he shoots them. them off. Yeah, he should. Yeah, <laughs> <it's laughs> and she's like, I know how that feels. Yeah. Or something. It's like, I want that um, story. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she, so she just falls out the window, and then we're introduced to Patsy, who's mm-hmm. absolutely my favourite character in this entire movie. So good. Um, he's just like very much like a, a kind of like quintessential anime hero boy in that like yeah. he's super um, exuberant happy a, a massive optimist very polite runs everywhere Run, he's just he always running he's never walked running. a day in his life <laughs> and he's Dawson yeah he's, yeah. he's James Vanderbeek yeah. which is weird because the only thing I've seen James Vanderbeek in is Kesha's video for Blow that is so good. where she calls him something like um, oh nice to meet you James Vander douche Nice, nice, sick man, Kesha. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen Dawson's Creek, so. Well, he's in um, that B in Apartment Twenty Three yeah. with Kristen Ritter, and he plays himself in that show. Yeah, so I think shame. he's kind of like become a bit of like a meme. Yeah, a very meme meta character. He's a crying face. Yeah, he's literally, he literally oh, he is, is a meme. He's a meme. He's a meme. Face. Yeah. Um, so we all are we all in agreement that Patsu is a good boy. Patsy's a good boy, yeah. a good sweet boy. He wakes the town up by trumpeting. Oh my god, I oh, love yeah. that scene. She just managed just to stay asleep for a very long time <laughs> during that. Um, and he lets the birds out, which is really cute. Yeah, oh, little birds, yeah. That's little nice. birds. Yeah, um, he does. He does just fuck off and leave those birds though. He opens the doors, and is like. See you later, kids. Look after yourself. <laughs> yeah, but better than. But I'm glad he opened the door. Yeah, true. But so they've never could... been in the wild before. They're dead now. They're dead. They, they probably tried <laughs> to find someone else's house and they're like, I don't want you. And they probably shot the birds. That's the environmental message that Murzaki wants to go across. <laughs> don't abandon your birds. <laughs> I, um, I absolutely love that scene where he stands on the roof and plays the trumpet. Um, and like we see, we get this like amazing flying shot um, of the doves flying through a town. Mm-hmm. We get this like really, really good like world building, I think, of kind of this... Uh, mining village, yeah, um, and just it just like works wonderfully for me. Like I think it's a really like sweet kind of quite quiet moment, um, but it's really really effective. Um, and as I said, like it gives us this great kind of look into um, the mining town, which uh, we'll, I think we'll talk about again with we'll our themes. But yeah. um, Abby, tell me about the mining town. Um, so famously, Miyazaki went on a trip to Wales before um, shooting this film. So obviously he came back and shooting the film. This <laughs> 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 live action film he did uh, before working on the animation that went into the Vita Cut on the Sky. Um, so obviously that is very heavily influenced. I had forgotten this when I was rewatching it, but it did remind me a lot of um, Full Monty. You know the start of Full Monty yeah. when there's like mm. future uh, city of the future, like yeah, yeah of. Um, uh, it's basically like a promotional video of why the north is a fantastic place to live yeah. because of all this like industry town right. and then obviously it like cuts to like 10 years later and it's all um, they're running out of resources which is quite um, prescient for what we're watching here yeah, yeah. definitely um, and that's what that reminded me of okay. yeah there's um, there's a like I think there's so much there in terms of like so there's this whole thing of like um, his quote he's quoted an interview where he's like I was in Wales just after the miners strike um he really admires the way that the miners' unions um, fought hard for their jobs and communities. Um, and, like, he has this whole thing about, like, the, the kind of similarities he saw in Wales and the mining strikes there with kind of Japanese mining history, um, which I think is really powerful. And, like, I think it's super interesting at this point in this movie to... Cause, because, like, Miyazaki, like, obviously, kind of rural towns and rural communities are, and, like, the kind of juxtaposing them with cities and metropolitan stuff is, is a thing he goes back to and back to um, but I really like that we're shown a mining town and kind of an industrial space that's not like horrible I think he paints it with a lot of love yeah, yeah. Um, which I really really like yeah, definitely I think but, well it's like I think Ghibli's got uh, not Ghibli Ghibli the person <laughs> <laughs> Mike Ghibli's film he does the yeah <laughs> he's the sound guy um, they have like an affection for industry but like um, oh, what's the word? Sustainable industry, mm. like and living sustainably. That's yeah. the crux of a lot of those films, and it's like that somewhere in between, like nature and technology. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, I wonder, like, I mean, we're basically talking about. I kind of think we either do either split now and just jump right into themes and have this conversation, or yeah. we yeah. wrap up with Dola. Because yeah, I think like you're 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 bang on. Like 
there's so much at this beginning moment of the movie, um, and then which he dips back into again and again. Like I think it's super implied that um, that this town is not a massively active mining town. Yeah. Like we don't see that many people in the mines. We have that like one shot of the mine where they're like all coming out, but it doesn't to me feel like kind of a really hustle and bustle place. It's empty. Yeah, yeah. 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 when they go when um, they're down in the mine and they run across. Um, What's his name? Uncle, Uncle Bob. Bob. Uncle Bob. Like, it implies that Uncle Bob is the only one that's living living yeah. down here. I absolutely Pong. adore. As soon Pong. as. Pong. Uncle Bob? Pong. I'm always saying Bob, so I don't know. <laughs> well, I definitely <laughs> said Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, Uncle Tom. Like, Apple. Yeah. Maybe like Uncle Tom, which I'm not. I don't love, yeah. but like Goodnight Mr. Tom. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just like <laughs> yeah. Goodnight Mr. Tom with John Thor. Um, there's there's a bit as well like and obviously like mining is a really like clear metaphor for like uh, our interactions and kind of behavior with like the natural world and earth like you know go down and like draw resources directly from it um and kind of the negative and positive impacts that can have i think are kind of played over this in this movie like there's a bit with uncle po- uncle pom um, not uncle bob <laughs> where he says like um you know the power from the earth belongs to the earth. You know, we come from the earth and from the earth we must return. It's very clear that for him, like, mining and industry is, like, kind of a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't... You should, we should never, like... Like you say, it's sustainability, right? Don't take too much. Yeah. Um, I did love the bit where he was like, rocks are my friend. Oh, yeah, and then proceeds to smash one up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I was to like, watch them die. Yeah, to watch them die. To watch them glow and then just burn out. I really yeah. liked that commitment to his cause. Um, I love when we were laughing so much. Like, when, when you first get introduced to him, um, he's like, what's that? Some sort of goblin? Like, yeah. It's so good. The, the quote is, are you some sort of goblin come to torment me? <laughs> so good. Like, how long has he been down there? Yeah. And Why doesn't... is he down there as well? Like... <laughs> And why do they know him? Like, Patsy's, like, not bothered by it. It's like, oh, it's just Uncle Pom, like... Uncle Pom, who lives in the mines. He thinks I'm a goblin. <laughs> yeah. By the end of it, it even Cheetah's like, bye, Uncle Pom. <laughs> so we're going to get our first dose of that kind of, like, trademark yeah. Ghibli environmentalism here. Um, and then, obviously, it comes up massively like, as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, culminating, I think, really in, like, the relationship that Lapidus kind of had with his natural surroundings. Um, by the time that uh, Dola and the pirates and um, kind of the army and Mushka and Patsu all arrive at Laputa, like they kind of come expect expected to find this kind of great haven of civilization, castles and beautiful people and da da da, and they get there and it's like completely overgrown with nature. Um, and I think there's kind of an obvious theme there around like that returning to the earth. Um, and you know we know that like in the history of the movie Laputa is this kind of huge military power that then it seems like gets too big for its boots mm-hmm. and then has to be kind of like uh, rectified by the natural world um, which I think is super interesting and then you see that played out on a smaller scale with uh, another best character in this movie those good good robots oh, those good good robots, robots. they're great robots. Um, some iron giant realness for you there <laughs> <laughs> um, are they just so good like the the noise the, when they land when uh, Patsu and Shita like land on the thing and it walks towards them it's like pum 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 it's such yeah. a good noise like everything the sound design there is so so strong um, so my nef- my references are going to be real niche um, but did that sound like anybody did that sound to anybody like the beginning of formation has anyone heard of Beyonce? Has anyone really <laughs> indie underground singer called Beyonce? I wish you had clips of both. <laughs> yeah. Well, put it in on text. Yeah, maybe we can put the yeah, yeah. same. Like be- <laughs> it sounded like the beginning of that song is all I could think of. And I was hoping that he would do the formation dance, but alas, he did not. I can't even think of the beginning of formation. Should though. we pause and actually just have a gap for us to put it in and post? That does sound wow. exactly like yeah. so yeah. uh, I'm leaving that pause in. <laughs> Just the pause. Um, and like the theme, like not to harp on like it's environmentalism, so like I don't want to like squeeze all the juice about now because for the next 18 weeks I feel yeah, like it's all we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, but there's uh, like just in the robots, right? Like all the robots that are like buried in the ground and like covered in cement and steel and rocks um, end up being like kind of mean. And then the one good farmer robot boy. Oh. He's a great. He's great. He has moss on his head and little animals running around him. Oh, and like he, 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 he saves the birds. He's the friendly one. He's Definitely. the one that's left at the end of it. He's mm. like the sole kind of tenant of Napita. So I think it's like a nice, really clear kind of clear cut. Like and like we said at the beginning, um, 
a theme that we will see in almost every Ghibli movie moving forward. Yeah, I think like as much as what what's the giggling going on over there? I did a vine. Did a vine. Did a vine. I said they're definitely not chickens because I said they were chickens, and then Abby just mouthed me. Look at all these chickens. <laughs> So, guys, there's going to be a lot of Vine humour in this podcast. Oh, that's yeah. the only humour we know. So, remember Vine. Um, remember oh, sorry, R.I.P. Vine. Metropods and Millennials. Metropods and Millennials. Um, uh, yeah, the robots are good. Yeah, the robots are good. Um, <laughs> and, and kind of the other note I have around, like, robots and the technology use is, like, there's definitely a divide between... And it comes back to this, like, natural, unnatural split, I think mm. we see in the rest of the movie. There's a massive split between... Um, the way that military technology is used in this movie and like non-military tech is used yeah. so like all the non- all the non-military tech um, is based on like animals and the natural world um, Dona's ship is a giant bird their little mini little things little dragonfly yeah. dragonflies yeah. um, even like almost all of the flying things we see are uh, based on birds mm-hmm. uh, the kite that um, Patsu and Cheetah fly around mm-hmm. and looks like a swallow um, versus the kind of battleship tech that um, yeah. the army have. What's it called? Goliath. Yeah, Goliath. Yeah. Goliath. Like, there's definitely a split there. Um, yeah, and I think like, like again, the natural world and its relationship with like freedom, flight, um, mm. really mm. cement like the kind of dichotomy of this movie's tones in terms what's, of what um, to say. What's interesting there, and um, I was reading up on it, and it's quite obvious comparison when when you think about it is the um, at the end when they set off or he tries. Um, what's his name? Mushka. Yeah, Mushka tries to set off Laputa's weapon, um, and it makes that bomb in the ocean. That's a clear like reference to the atomic bomb. Yeah, in World War Two, um, and I think that's what the movie was trying to say a little bit about as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously it was a sort of a comment on man trying to get rid of those who aren't like him, yeah. and also trying to gain something not for the good of the planet, but for the good of that man's ego. Yeah, um, which then leads on to another theme that I picked up on is that the, like the childhood of innocence. Um, where you've got these all the adults are just after something that is for them so it's for greed or for power or it's for complete control whereas these two kids are either looking for like a safe place and like Sheeta or with um, Patsu he's just looking for something that's magnificent mm-hmm. so you've got him in this Welsh village where he's kind of happy but he always wants something more he's always pining for something um, which might be a little bit misplaced but it's almost like you've got that innocent side of it and maybe it's the fact that they just haven't experienced reality yet mm. and they're yep. yet to be sort of soured by what yeah. adulthood and real life brings. Yeah. And both those kids are like following in their sort of legacy, aren't yeah. they? Because he's obviously building his plane to do like to prove his father right. Um, yeah. and whereas <laughs> um What's her name? Cheetah? Cheetah. Cheetah. Cheetah, or, she... Cheetah or Cheetah, if you're going by the dub. Happily just swaps <laughs> just over those names. Brown. Doesn't matter. She's like the heir to Laputa, right? So, mm-hmm. like, they're both <laughs> trying to, I don't know, find their place in, in like, a world based on all the, the only thing they can relate to, right? Yeah. Because they're, like, on their own. Yeah. Um, Did you think, because um, I, I, I totally, like, I've definitely seen this movie before, but I totally forgot that... Um, Mushka was like that kind of like semi twist where it's like oh Mushka's actually part of the royal family and that's how he can yeah. get in like yeah. it's like oh I actually didn't see that coming mm. at all. I thought um, it was going to be something like Mushka was actually um, Potsu's dad oh. or something. And I kind of I'm kind of glad we didn't get that whole um, actually Potsu's dad is is part of this story yeah. because so many times you get that where you have that orphan child who then finds out that their parents are way more involved in something than mm. yeah than it seems plausible. Um, so it's actually quite nice that they kind of subverted that a little bit and we didn't really get a resolution to yeah, that I, I, even I, though I suppose his main goal was actually just to find Laputa and he did yeah and I think like um, what's interesting there like there's so there's two things like there's that weird scene which I again forgotten about where like um, Patsu flies into the storm I mean like these crazy lightning bolts which mm. is like really different to the rest of the movie um, he has this kind of like hallucination or something of his dad in the plane yeah. Um, but yeah we never get that resolution and we never get his dad I mean that's super interesting like it would have been very easy for this film to like they get to Laputa and there's an old man who helps them around yeah. and at the end it's revealed that oh I was your dad all along <laughs> but we don't get that we just get like he's kind of 
still alone but has this new family. Yeah, exactly. That's the resolution. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they both find their own. They find you know, they make their own <laughs> with the pirates who oh. are trying to <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, those pirates are so Literally, good. We're shooting at them. <laughs> should, we, should we talk about the pirates? I think it's time. Back to the pirates. Yeah. Unless Abby, you have anything you want to no, throw in? I don't. Um, I just like, adore those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's some weird stuff. Not to like completely pop us balloon immediately. There's awesome. some weird stuff. Um, so after. Uh, Patsu and Sheeta like um, kind of escaped their mining town um, they're being chased by the army I think it's super funny that the army is brought into this movie just to be shown as incompetent like it's yeah. very Miyazaki to be like mm-hmm. they're kind of villains and they have bad tech but also they're just like super incompetent and greedy and like just kind of tech. steal stuff that army train I'm just trying to like recap the plot in my head as well a little bit yeah. to kind of follow things but so yeah Luchita and Patsu um, who? Luchita Oh, yeah, I've just called her by her full formal name. I don't know why. <laughs> Lushita. Um, Shita and Patsu uh, escape the mining town. I think they, like, end up immediately with... with the, they get kidnapped. No, they, go, um, they get kidnapped by Mush. Oh, uh, by Mushka. Mushka. We have the, get... the crazy scene with the first robot, that sad robot that, like, sacrifices itself. Sacrifices itself. And destroys that whole fortress. Yeah. yeah. Which is a pretty crazy scene. Really, really crazy. Um, and then, yeah. eventually, uh, Shita and Patsu end up on... Dola's shit yeah. Yeah. Um, and we kind of like get a little feel for their uh, way of life which I really like yeah. um, really the ship cute. the ship is like a really cool design I love Dola's design like literally yeah, that's the first time I said I love Dola in this podcast like I think she's mm-hmm. so cool and they have this like weird beak mask yeah. and some big yeah, hair yeah, yeah. she's also got the best costume change in the whole film when she goes uh... wearing a dress and then Lizzie McGuire like Rips it off to reveal tropical. Oh strategy. yeah, so because good. If you're gonna be a good pirate, you've got you to be like flexible. Yeah. yeah. I love the way when she gives um Sheeta like the pirate costume and she's like, You need to dress like a pirate. Just all these giant yeah. bloomers like, yeah, is that yeah. what pirates wear? Just <laughs> big trousers? Can we talk about uh just walk it back plot wise as to how they get onto Dola's ship because there's that whole it's not they both don't, don't, she gets kidnapped, she gets kidnapped. But he runs back he to gets his given house. Three gold coins. Three gold coins, runs, and obviously. she's like, "Go on!" Like that's a whole like development oh, part. Yeah. Oh, she's like, they, they "Go away!" Like, she, okay. like, yeah, yeah. So he gets back to her house, and then they get. She gets. He gets back there, and they're all eating his food. Eo, give me. Eo, give me the podcast within a podcast. Did <laughs> 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 uh, we? Sorry, go on. No, I was going to be like, but no, I don't have a theme. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, Ed, Ed, welcome to Foodio Give Me, Ed's micro-podcast within this podcast, and he talked to me about the food in this movie food. and in this scene. Is it good? It's This is a good food scene. I just wanted to get into food, really, because this is good. Like, there's loads of, like, good meat. She's eating, like, a big, like, ham yeah, type thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, like, ripping, like... The whole chunk of this with her, because then she's like with her teeth. Like it's so good. Um, And with, I mean, obviously we're talking about this. Who's Studio Ghibli movies have great food, just historically always great food. This starts really well. Um, But can I stop you there in terms of bad food in this film? When. Patsu makes that sandwich for she. Yes! And gets that chunk sandwich. of bread and then just gets a fried egg on top. Not even one egg, half a fried <laughs> egg. <laughs> Which but, is yeah. I was like, I'm not down with that. And then later on, she says something like, Thanks for the sandwich, Patsu. <laughs> In her weird ass accent. Yeah, um, I, that's another I. Yeah, I have a note in my um, <laughs> in my doc which just says weird eggs question mark because yeah. they are very eggs. weird. I would counter that though, so that's like one for the bad food chart, one mm. for the good food chart. But it's like good bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't drop a fried egg like that. Yeah, it's you very can't funny. eat a fried egg in just. one. Like by sucking it up into your mouth. I mean, yeah. she like sucks it up. Like, yeah. But so with that, you'll scratch the pan. That's <laughs> the worst thing about that for me. Oh, sustainably, that's another part of the metaphor. <laughs> um, I really like. I also really like the uh, food that uh, Sheeta cooks on Dola's ship, where she does that like giant yeah. feast and it's like mm. brothy stuff and it looks really tasty. Does Dola do that? No, no she Sheeta does it. Oh, yeah, because she has to clean up the whole kitchen. Yeah. 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 But I was saying, that's not probably the best meal that you can make on a ship that moves from side to side. This big vat yeah, of boiling vat. stew. <laughs> yeah. like, it seems that's not locked down. So it, I think, like, 
if that ship was just to veer one way or another, she's going to get hot, covered in like hot steaming yeah. stew. Hot Although I do, I do think, and I feel like that was food. Don't give me a food podcast within this podcast. Um, I like that you talked about um, all the c- concerns around the safety of the food because honestly, my concerns around that whole situation with Sheeta and those much older pirate men is definitely like a slightly problematic. This movie does so well to avoid lots of tropes and then mm. wanders into some really weird territory when um, Sheeta, like, as soon as she puts on like pirate clothes, suddenly all of Dola's sons are like, <gasps> like really intrigued by her. Yeah, they want to yeah. propose to her. And one of them is like, I'm in love with her. So like, okay, we 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 kind of got it, but you just put like, yeah. he's and, like, like hanging outside the kitchen himself. window, like yeah. staring. And they all, but then and they all come in. They all, yeah. Um, mm. And she's like definitely very young. Mm. Um, she's it's, a kid. She's yeah. She's like yeah. She's she's a child. Yeah. It's weird. Um, I don't necessarily feel like the four of us right now are fully equipped to get into the, the this whole issue but I think it's worth pointing out and being like this is a weird moment for this movie that does really well yeah it doesn't have too many weird moments yeah and the, although it, it does it does hint at I think some weird stuff with gender around Cheetah in this film um, we started off by talking about like how this cool moment where she's like quite brave and like bottles mm. the guy jumps out the window mm. which is like a really strong moment for her um, and then almost immediately as soon as she meets Patsy she takes on this kind of like weird um like yeah. weird subservient, subservient role right up until the last mm. quarter I would say I kind of I kind of thought that but like throughout I did think there were some elements so like when she was reading the map and she was like oh it's pointing towards the sunlight and the grasses have started to grow in this area so it means this and then um, Dola is like oh you're, you're clever like you make a great pirate someday or whatever or mm. something like yeah. that I thought that was good because to me that meant like she wasn't just a damsel in distress she was actually like helping solve this problem and then you're right at the end she does the whole the speech and stuff which I'm assuming we'll get onto but it was a mixture of the both yeah Yeah. like you've got Dola who's like the captain of the ship and always going and then you've got going out she's always going out and like doing the chasing of the children and then you've got (laughs) (laughs) she's always chasing children just the protagonist that we need you know yeah basically and then her husband yeah who's like the domestic like yeah, fixing the ship and stuff but, I mean the, but then he's like domestic hanging back but he's also doing like mechanical work. Yeah, so it's like yeah. still like yeah it's yeah. shifting but not that much yeah I think it's I think it definitely like leans some ways and then walks things back it, it, like it's a mixed bag definitely um, but I just wanted to float it by because I think I think that that is something that we'll, we'll see change mm. like mm. starting to think of like later Ghibli movies where that's I feel like completely flipped to some really positive progressive mm. ways yeah. and then some like, places where it's rolled back slightly um, I was just going to honestly could just like gush about Dola and the Pirates of Ages I love their costumes uh, they're like weird bright red pantaloons and like their funky yeah. masks one thing I did notice and it was quite at the beginning and it did feel like in terms of the music and the what was happening with them chasing um, Sheeta um, they really reminded me of the bad guys from the Goonies I don't know if anyone else thought that but I think maybe that's just because I've seen the Goonies quite a lot. But it was very much like the mum trying to like gather up her idiot sons yeah. to then go and find some treasure. Yeah. And they they're technically modern day pirates in the Goonies, and they're chasing kids to find this treasure. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I got such like similar yeah. vibes, even in the way they were speaking and the tone of voice yeah. they were using. I felt like I was being transported. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought I'd yeah, that one in there. I, I agree. Like it's called cool. this movie. Like um, near the end, I was like, oh. It's about pirate. Like I, I kind of like hit the like the nautical theme of this movie like smacked me over the head as I realised that like the bat like the bat- the Goliath battleship is definitely just a big ship. Like mm-hmm. they're definitely pirates. There's so much like nautical stuff. Yeah. yeah. They say like they're under our bow and like it's pirates yeah. and explorers and like parts of the world that have never been seen. Like yeah, it definitely like Yeah, it yeah. massively so. Um, um, one of the, one... Sorry, um and also it probably bears um mentioning Laputa first mentioned in Gulliver's Travels. Ah, oh, of course. Oh. A castle in the sky. Of course. 1722 or something like that. Oh. So. That's a throwback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, just on that pirate thing, um, there was a couple of bits where, especially where they were talking about layers of clouds and getting through it, and especially when you saw Goliath and when um, Dodo ship as well went down into the clouds, it was very much like it was supposed to be water, yeah. which I really liked yeah. as well visually. I thought that was really clever, yeah. um, which then sort of just adds to the fact that 
it's all about piracy. And... Yeah, massively so. Um, does anyone have any other like character notes, things they want to bring up, people they love, people they hated? The only other note I had was when they were having the fight in the town. So when the um, military guys were having a fight with oh, people yeah. looking mm-hmm. after Patsu. The only note I wrote down was daddies? Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely like a moment where they both, they're both just like, flex and rip off your shirt. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, what, what, okay, yeah. I'm kind of here for this, that's fine. Very yeah. Gaston. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very Gaston. Yeah. yeah, and then just like punching each other and like, oh yes, yeah, you punch good. <laughs> yeah. Easily all the town got involved. Yeah. They were like, yeah. I, I can see something going on, I'm just going to punch you. Yeah. Like, so good. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of things. One from that scene, um, which might not mean anything to anyone yet. The girl, the young girl, is that the oh, girl yeah. from Ponyo? Po- uh, she looks like the girl from Ponyo. She also looks exactly like the, the little sister in um, Totoro. Oh, Totoro, yeah. She is the spitting image of the little sister in yeah. Totoro. Which yeah. either shared universe or... <laughs> or there is a little girl they're basing that character of, which yeah. I, it's quite uh, a cute idea. True. Maybe yeah. it's like someone's niece. Because yeah, yeah. She, yeah. I, when, I, when, I, when she comes on screen, I was like, I recognise this character. And yeah, she's definitely the little sister in Totoro. Yeah. Or something. It's the like the big bunchy pigtails, yeah. the little dress. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, I... With characters, I don't want to give a shout out to. Um, I think it's the mum. Patsy's good mum. I've known here. It's Patsy's good mum. Is it Patsy's like, um, mum or is it is it like adopted family? Yeah, I think yeah. I, I yeah. assume it's his adopted family. I wish she had more screen time because then it would have really fleshed out like quite three quite strong female yeah. characters. Because mm-hmm. um, she was just like willing to help. Pops. She's just a boss, like Patsy, yeah. like without question. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to protect him as much as possible. Yeah. She's I'm just like the dad as well. She's just like the yeah. big ginger lady, and I'm like, yeah, you look I'm into it. Like, you look great. Very good. Uh, give me more of her. You can yeah. Smack me with that frying pan any day. I mean, that's not where I was going, but <laughs> yes. So does that mean? So, but Patsu lives on his own. Yeah. Right? Like on that yeah. house on his own. But I yeah. think he still has that sort of family who look after. It. And I think the big guy with that rips his shirt off his, his chest is the boss. The boss. Yeah. 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 Um, the only other character I know I have, which we've like touched on really slightly, I'm just gonna like cover her now so I don't have to cover it again I Anna Paquin I think Anna Paquin is so oh, bad in this film yeah. in the dub um, I feel like she is a lot younger than James Van Van Der Beek Van yeah, Der Beek she would have been as an actor like, yeah. I think she's very young yeah which is which, which like fair yeah. enough you should probably choose better child yeah. actors if, if you're going to go for a movie um, but that might just be one she of has things. this like weird British accent throughout it and I'm just I like say I picked up on it I think I think to be fair I think it's because she doesn't have any lines that's like in the middle oh, side yeah. of the movie um, but she I just think she she was just like chalk in my ears it's like <laughs> just, so oh, it's so bad and she's bad in other things as well she's, she's bad not. in um, uh, Steam Boy which is like not a great um, steampunk anime I movie um no. But she's not good in that either. And then and there again, it's like weird fake British accent. Yeah. I'm not well, um, she was born in 1982, and I'm guessing the dubbing was happening a lot later. Yeah, yeah. not I that think, much later though. I feel like the dub happened like 2000. Because uh, okay. this is the second dub of the film. Uh, they did one dub, and then when Disney got the, the rights, they did a double, a dub, dub, double, a double dub. dub. So yeah, she must have been about 18. <laughs> she should have known better. Yeah, <laughs> she just doesn't like nail it in any way. Especially because like, I think Patsy, I like, I'm, I just massive fangirl for Patsy like I think their performance is so cute and he's just mm. like so lively and like it's just like acting against wood yeah <laughs> can great. I just clarify that I do love Anna Paquin in everything else that she does so she's, good she this. Yeah. she's good in True Blood she's good in True Blood yeah yeah um, <laughs> Eddie any, any final character comments no I've said all my character comments um, I think that leaves us at animation and talk about like the visual stylings of this movie a little bit any yeah. scenes that people are kind of like really stood out to people any moments any palettes anything that people want to touch on I think well we covered quite a few moments like the doves scene yeah. when they mm-hmm. introduced the mining town and I wanted to go back to what you were talking about Mark when the big gun comes out of the booth and yeah, yeah, just yeah. like shoots down and mm-hmm. I didn't actually clock that that was just shooting into the ocean I just thought oh my god they've killed hundreds <laughs> of thousands of people initially that's what I thought yeah um, but uh yeah, it's like that was quite just the scale of Laputa, mm. and like ha- even though it's like in the sky, which is a big place, famous, famous one of the biggest places. One that we, I mean, people have tried to measure it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the scale of Laputa 
and the uh, oh no <laughs> sorry I just felt red for like myself carry on Eddie <laughs> so gotta get that energy <laughs> <laughs> now the room stinks we were recording this not late but late enough for me to justify Red Bull to stay awake yeah um yeah that was my that was my piece I have a hot take on Laputa mm-hmm. that hot take overrun by nature you pan out and there's very very well defined mazes Oh, yeah. are we to assume that the robots are into topiary that much? I think so. I feel like that one good robot with his little with his little cat girlfriends. Yeah. He's got to keep Fox himself Fox. occupied, isn't he? Cat foxes, fox girls, cat girls. They're all good. Good. Um, lads. The one thing I the one thing I did find with um, the reveal of Laputa, I liked it, but it wasn't as sort of like as like magnificent as I thought it was going to be and I don't know maybe that's because of the limitation of the animation like if this was film if this film was um, shot (laughs) if it was made like 20 years later they could do something more but I just thought it was quite a slow reveal but revealed in a weird way it was like here's the left bottom section here's a bit of the top right it wasn't very as magnificent as I wanted to yeah I agree I think um, we have a really really cool scene um, in Patsy's like cozy little house where he's telling Cheetah about his dad and we have mm-hmm. like a flash of his dad flying the thing and the cloud moving and I see yeah. it there. And I think that's a really like spectacular moment yeah. that we then don't get our own version of that. And actually what we mm-hmm. get is like I said before, the weird like lightning flash thing, which I don't love. I think it I think it's really jarring. We go from like a very colourful moment to like a very black and white I think it's just it's it was quite mm-hmm. struck me as quite like stark. I thought it was um a, like a teleportation feel at one point mm. because then it, they didn't explain why the clouds just disappeared until a little bit later yeah. um, but the one thing I did think about this and it wasn't the first time that I thought of Wizard of Oz as I like to link everything in my life to <laughs> yeah. um, but it was very a little bit like going from Kansas to um, Oz um, because it was yeah. quite muted colours mm-hmm. to begin with in the film um, obviously there was sparks colour especially with the pirates um, and obviously the um, fortress blowing up but then when you got to Laputa the reveal wasn't what I wanted it to be but the colours were pretty amazing um, and just made it look very beautiful and then at the beginning I did notice as well um, when Sheeta was in the um, big airship um, not the castle as I soon learned out mm-hmm. um, and she looked out and she see the bug aircrafts of the pirates coming up and you could see the shadows again that looked like when Dorothy was in the tornado mm-hmm. and you could see the um the wicked witch of the west and the lady on the bicycle turning into the wicked witch of the west you know the dun, 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 yeah. i just wanted an excuse to do this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it every week yeah i uh, yeah i'm gonna link every film i see to some part of the wizard of Oz. <laughs> mark's podcast within a podcast <laughs> um yeah so i just thought there was a couple of quite cool little nods intentional or not i don't yeah know I, there's definitely some um some like really striking visuals, I think, especially once we get um, Patsy and Sheeta into that kite, and we end up with some like, amazingly beautifully drawn um, kind of wide, wide illustrations of like cloud, like cloudscapes of them kind of like stark against. It. I think it's really, really lovely. Um, and I do think, although like the reveal of Laputer is kind of like a bit not bungled because nothing about this movie is bungled. Like it's all really very good, yeah. um, but it's not as like dramatic as I think it could have been. That said, I think it still looks beautiful. The yeah. castle, like the architecture, that classical style, the like um, multi-leveled gardens and the ponds and the crumbled archways, it tells such a story visually. Like um, even from, even before they go into the main castle, it ground, it gives it this like, definitely ground it. Um, it gives yeah. it a sense of place. Um, and then once you, once we have that, the shot of them walking into the place and it's just like a forest inside. It's just like, I'd forgotten that that's what the inside of this place looked like. And I was like, this is, amazing Um, and we have um, the shot of them reading the monument Um, our good robot friend walks over Um, it's (laughs) so green everything about this all of this stuff is green versus like the blues and browns that we've had before Um, and then we have that really cool like interesting moment of them looking around the bottom of the tree and all like the kind of dead robots that are like that kind of have become part of the tree Um, some really clever really really strong visual storytelling going on in the space of Laputa considering that we don't get to it until the last third of the movie I think it leaves a big impression I think that like what you were saying about like how they sort of just come across it in the end it's just suddenly there and there's not like a big like wow look at the Laputa it's it's everything it lived up for like that is very like 
maybe not intentional in like however sort of little underwhelming but it is underwhelming because it's yeah. it's not what they were dreaming of yeah. it's not like the amazing yeah. world just like Oz yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Not... it's supposed to be this castle that isn't supposed to be visited because it's not supposed to be used so yeah. it's yeah. Um, overrun and whatnot yeah. um, what I really like again on the colours as well is that it seemed to represent that the darker colours were at the beginning of the film when you were in the mining village and it was almost like these the left, less affluent colours yeah. and then you get to Laputa which is supposed to be this like rich mm-hmm. um, sort of um, mythical place um, and then what I also really really loved about Laputa and the design um, was that it was a myth that involved technology so this universe or, or whatever you want to call it is that this place is so ancient but they still had technology yeah. and it's the sort of thing they do in things like um, like Stephen King's The Dark Tower where it's like post-apocalyptic but people look back and they see like a gas station and they have no idea what it is for and it's almost a little bit like that as well yeah. um, so I like that mix of myth, legend, yeah. technology yeah, yeah nature yeah and I think I think you get that um, really strongly once uh, Mark Hamill's character Mushka Mushka um, arrives Misaka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Misaka um, Misafa Mufasa um, when he <laughs> when he um, when he arrives at Laputa and um, kind of grabs Sheeta and, and they, they like pushes the necklace against the wall and suddenly it's like the end of Assassin's Creed 2 and it's like um, and like the walls start moving around oh, yeah, and it's it. something like blue and very very like hyper high tech um, mm-hmm. we give an explanation for that which I love podiums there's a bit where he's a hologram and like comes through oh, the floor yeah. to speak to the army guys it's so cool when he starts opening the ground up underneath yeah. them yeah. like yeah. The, it, it's such a cool way of showing like this is a really high tech place yeah. that has like defence systems yeah. that someone yeah. can just use with their just like reading spells yeah like, very cool yeah. and, and th- what's crazy about that is like this movie has it does have spells as well yeah like, the, the, like we go and get it very briefly and like um, I guess it's kind of how how she solves the problem right yeah. um, but we have this like voice activated tech from Sheeta and um, Patsy when they like say the spell and it reacts mm. with the crystal and it's like it massively blurs the line between like um, kind of technology, technology and magic and in a really cool cool way that's such a good like Studio Ghibli trope of like a fantasy that we don't see anywhere else yeah like fantasy world that is also a bit sci-fi yeah and yeah. a bit like traditional myths as well yeah. like it takes really disparate elements from all of those and like mixes them together really well yeah we can okay. talk about that more in fu- in the future yeah I think, I, think, <laughs> sure. I think there's a lot um, I think it's a shame that well, it's not a shame but like I think you get that a lot in Norsica as well um, oh, okay. you get in this maybe like the kind of glider stuff um, and the kind of the airships and stuff it's like it's steampunk but not in like a super lame way in quite a cool <laughs> cool interesting way I don't know what you mean put the top hat down how dare you um, please unintentional but it sort of gave me the references um, when um, Potso was sort of sneaking around <laughs> Potso you keep name? changing his name Potso Potso Pasta Potso 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 what did I say? Potso. Oh. My bad. <laughs> no, I like it. Pot- so what did Potso, Potso do? Potso the, like a clown? Potso the clown? And that's Ponzo, isn't it? Ponzo. No, that's Pon- Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> the pyramid scheme. Don't get involved. Um, so what's his name? Patsu. Patsu. I forgot my point. Like Katsu. But With Patsu. Me. Well, I've written Pozo down here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the main, the main boy child, um, <laughs> um, when he was sneaking around Laputa when he'd escaped and he was like climbing over things and climbing through rocks there was one bit where he got his head stuck which made people very uncomfortable mm. um, but there was a bit where like he snuck underneath the pirates and cut them free and stuff which was quite oh, funny yeah. oh, he was like, he was, like popped, popped out between his legs it really reminded me of Indiana Jones which I really liked and it was that whole like these military people are coming to grab this mystical power and we're going to be the people to stop them and it was very at the end it was like very much like Raiders of the Lost Ark or um, Last Crusade. Or... Yeah, I thought you were gonna be like, it's like just a small child running away from like this horrible, scary power, and they're still outrunning them all the time. Like, yeah, little kid. And... Yeah, exactly. they're doing like way better than a whole, like, yeah. complete military force. Yeah. Like... It's it's interesting. Like, I think there's two things there. I think um, again, like I mentioned it before, but like, yeah, Miyazaki, and we'll get into this about the movies, but like 
real contempt for like military forces and we see that some like the theme of this movie with um Mushka trying to get hold of this giant weapon which no one should have um but yeah the army are brought into this movie to be ridiculed like they're such goons yeah. um to the point where they're just like when the um bottom of the lap is it opens up and they just all fall through yeah. like it's just very kind of slapstick their role and yeah. when they when they go to like they're like just grab as much treasure as you can boys and yeah. they're just like going in and pushing things off yeah. and they're just being so like reckless with it all um do what do we think about like so this is a i think it's a movie that like um does peril really interestingly like i think for 99 percent of this movie like I, i've never like you never think like something bad is going to happen to these kids but then like there's a real menace i think to um muska and like his treatment of Sheeta in particular like, there's a moment where he like punches her um mm. he like shooting at her grabs her by the pigtail shoots the pigtails off um which kind of like shocks me a little mm. bit it wasn't something that i was expecting from this movie uh, uh, until that moment yeah, there's like a there's a, sorry. No, 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 okay. There's like a turning point with him, and I think it's as soon as you realise he thinks he's entitled to Laputa, and he's just becomes this sort of. As soon as he's got like any motivation, yeah. then he becomes more real and more scary because and he's, he's, he's in his grasp. Becomes, sorry. When it's in his like in his grasp. Like, yeah, so yeah, close. and it's like because before he's like a villain with seemingly no reason why he's like, he's just after power, and then as soon as he's like, oh, actually, I'm the other heir to this throne and mm. like oh okay now you're just like attacking kids <laughs> like yeah. for a reason rather yeah, than yeah. it's less cartoonish and more grounded yeah grounded yeah. in that he's trying to be the king of a floating <laughs> yeah. Sky. um yeah it definitely there's definitely that switch um i think like we jump past it but like uh, like when he kidnaps her in the end of like the first act of that movie as well um and they're in the castle like there's something quite menacing about Mm. in that scene and I love that whole like in contrast to like the kind of like goldeny orangey bits of Laputa's kind of like magnificence um, we get the like weird tank castle that the army mm. have and that's a really interesting mm. contrast um, I think like jump back to like the animation there's some really really cool visuals there of like just like this weird bubbly domey castle mm. um, and we get our first glimpse of like that power of Laputa when our good robot friend like blows himself up and it's so like a crazy explosion like and it's kind of like this shocking like military Mm. kind of moment Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna jump on because we are we're running longer yeah we're running quite long um let's talk about uh music quickly and then i think that'll be us um and like i said at the beginning right there's only like one big song in this movie that we come back to i think multiple times no. Yes. yes yes that's it that's it um actually i was gonna hum it but i can't remember how it goes now that one yeah that's the one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cut that bit out is it <laughs> yeah it's like it actually goes oh yeah i forgot that one um but i think they, they use it really lovely in like a really lovely way um yep. i think like we, we touched on the scene a while ago but like um Patsy playing the horn at the beginning is a really good use of music. Um, this, but there's like this movie is like heavily scored throughout with just like kind of alternate versions of that song. Mm. Um, it's quite a n- noisy film, especially the first half. Like I think I said before, like I kind of have issues with the way this movie is paced at the beginning. But then it's like it's paced really quickly. Things are happening a mile a minute, and the sound design is so like wow, yeah, yeah. like it's yeah. so much going on. Um, and then they bring in formation by Beyonce. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, they play that whole album. That's definitely <laughs> the definitely the best sound of this movie. Is a pum 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 like it's so yeah. so good. And even and, when they have, like the um, robot like does his like recognition yeah, thing, yeah, they yeah. scan it's proper proper digital, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Doop, 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 which yeah. is like completely not the same as all the mechanical noises that we've yeah. heard. Yeah, throughout. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, and when the fortress is being like shot at and destroyed and all that stuff, uh, it's like very like super explodey. <laughs> I don't know, like, <laughs> don't know yeah. what the sound like. I know that that like it just felt different to like explosions yeah. in I don't know Fast and Furious or yeah. whatever. Like it just like they felt like more destructive. Yeah, and that people were, aren't going to survive that. And I don't know like if that maybe because it was like they killed off that robot. Yeah, like mm-hmm. and that was a robot that was really really good at not being killed off yeah a lot of people must have actually died in that um yeah castle well, well we uh, have fortress well we have that moment don't we like not to like go on too long but we have that moment when um again like it's this whole relationship with like um a military and military technology that i think like can't escape in these movies um when 
I wish we had a name for our good robot friend, but the first, our, our sad robot friend, um, when he, as he's like blasting the shit out of that um, mm. ship castle, he then like, uh, Patsu and Cheetah are like flying in and he, they see him like destroy part of the town. Mm. Cheetah's flying. Patsu's flying in and he's like destroying the town outside of the castle. Like, yeah. it's not something that man can control, that Cheetah can control, that anyone is actually in control of. Like, yeah. even at that point, like, at first you're like, oh yeah, he's going to get her free. And then it's actually still quite like, this is not a positive force. Like, yeah. okay. Doesn't she say at some point, like, that's not what you're going to be getting? Yeah, yeah, she there? stops him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it has its own goals, and yeah. that's to protect something, either her or Laputa or something, but it's not like it, at any cost yeah. type yeah. thing. Like, yeah, yeah. it would destroy everything around it. Very into to... like Lords of Robotics kind of. Oh. Well, Smith is going to turn up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, I think we just like talked a lot about this movie. I think there's like a lot to say there, and yeah. I think we touched on a lot of stuff that will come to uh, fruition in later movies, and that I think we'll be able to address more holistically in later movies. I think the thing that you see in this film are like the seeds of lots of themes that Mizaki mm. then goes on to explore. Right? We get um, we get the nature versus industry thing. We get the kind of technology in the right hands. We get. The, an old witch. Get we get good, good old ladies. <laughs> we get some good, good old ladies. Yeah. Um, we get the kind of um, innocent childhood. So we get those themes that I think yeah. are pervasive and, and reoccur in all of these films. Um, and then that's what was cool for me was like seeing the the kind of the beginnings of that here and being like, oh yeah, like this reminds me of X and Y, yeah. and this reminds me of that. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to like see to watch this first and then see kind of those things pop up again and again. So Ali, what movie have we got next then? Um, so, from a light, happy, uh, bubbly childhood fun time story of Castle in the Sky, yeah. um, we have quite a, like a dramatic turn. Uh, so, next up is Grave of the Fireflies, which came out in 1988, um, which is a World War Two kind of uh, story. I don't want to give too much away. Okay. So, I'm ready for yeah, it. I haven't seen this. Yeah. Okay, bro. So. I've not seen it. Abby? No, I haven't seen it. Oh. Okay, okay so we're all so in for an, an interesting surprise, but it's a, it's a very different yeah. kind of movie, and I think... It's full of hot takes. Uh, oh. I don't know whether we will... I think comparing these movies is going to be a weird one, but we'll, we'll get to that, that hurdle when we get to it. Yeah, um, are, we, are, we, are we planning to put them in order, or are we just going to sort of just see how we go? Or... I think it'd be nice to, to rank them yeah. to a certain extent. Let's rank. Let's rank. We'll rank the food. The... That's it. That's all we have. Okay, so so to recap, this movie is both bottom and top of the list. For everything. For everything, <laughs> yeah. including the food, which was good, which was bad, then good, then good. Mm. But I don't think it was that good. No, it's a, it's a, it's a solid... <laughs> you are? No, it starts with a bad meal, but it's yeah. fun meal, because it's, you've got half a piece of egg. It's the egg. It's, it's unforgivable. Um, so yeah, that was the first episode of Waiting for Cat Bus. Uh, we'll be back next week um see you then we've got to go catch a bus catch a bus catch a bus